0: Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Özil. Marca Mesut Özil. Centro de Özil. Gol de Kieran Tras un extraordinario, espectacular centro de Mesut Özil. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always with James from GunnerBlog. Good morning to you. Good morning.
1: so here we are yeah i'm fine good if that's any consolation to anyone which i doubt it is Mm,
0: i'm also okay yeah no yeah
1: good good i mean how was your weekend
0: fine yeah yeah there's a great big uh great big elephant in this room isn't there Mm. mm-hmm And it's it's clutching its hamstring. <laughs> I'd say if an elephant did its hamstring, it'd be really, really painful. Imagine! I think you'd hear the twang yeah. miles around, and then the trumpet. The, oh, of course, the, the mournful trumpet of a hamstrung elephant. Can <sighs> an elephant break its trunk? I don't know. I mean, is it like a is it like a penis? In that it can't necessarily break, per se, but it could... No, no, I think you can break your penis. Yeah, but it doesn't have a bone in it, even though, you know, it's not like no. you could, you could. You know, yeah. You can do it some damage, but it's not necessarily a, a break, per se, is it? It's more like a, a mangling or a crushing or a,
1: a, yeah. Well, I mean, according to the website scientificamerican.com, there is a condition known as penile fracture. Right. There I thought you, you could
0: only fracture a bone, though.
1: I mean, I, it's a severe form of bending injury. <laughs> so <laughs> make of that what you will. I imagine trunks are susceptible to similar things.
0: Well, I think we should find out. Um, can an I elephant mean,
1: break its trunk? It's it's a matter of time, isn't it, till an Arsenal first-team player is sidelined with penile fracture. Yeah,
0: or, or trunk problems.
1: I mean, one of the two.
0: Yeah. Types of elephant. I don't know. I'm finding it difficult to, to find something very, very... You know, um, I mean, we're doing definitive. well, skirting
1: around the fringes of of the elephant. Yeah, we we don't want to alarm it, do we? We're sort of we've we've creeped up on it, and at some point we are going to have to confront it and deal with it.
0: Mm. The elephant trunk is a specialised nose, apparently. So I don't know. I don't know. You if can you can break, break a, a nose, nose, yeah, you could probably break a trunk. Imagine. Yeah, we're still kind of um, fudging the issue here, aren't we? All right, they're all
1: dead. All the players are dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, fine. Feels a bit like that, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it's not. It's what's what. What is going on?
0: I don't know, and I think you know. We'll get to the questions part of this podcast at some point, but uh, about seventy-five percent of them are just like, "What the fuck was going yeah. on with the injuries?" And you know what, guys? If we knew, we'd certainly send a delegation to the club to say, this is why this keeps happening. Um, here's how to fix it. Uh, all we have are sort of theories, and we've we've sort of gone over them before, haven't we? In the sense that, you know, we, we talk about having too many injury-prone players, so you got to play the players who aren't injured all the time, and that makes them more susceptible to injury, and it's like a, a vicious circle of, of injury. injury. It is. Mm. A cycling
1: injury of some description or other. It, it is. I mean, the questions and answers section really we should have tried to get, you know, someone called Lewin in or Chad Forsyth or, you know, someone, because we don't know. We don't know. I yeah. don't think they know, though. Yeah, but If they could, did yeah. know, presumably they'd fix it.
0: Yes, you would have thought so. It's the, it's kind of depressing, isn't it? It's very frustrating.
1: It is very frustrating. Mm. Um, is it more frustrating than the result? I think it is, isn't
0: it? No. No, no, I can cope with guys dropping like flies as long as we're winning. You know, I, and, guess, and so. I, I guess you know that would then have an impact on future games. But you know, uh, well, here's the question: then is are the injuries the reason we're not winning? Part of it, certainly part of it. Yeah, because you know, yesterday you've got guys who didn't necessarily play particularly well. Um, Olivia Giroud, for example, uh, who's who's done pretty well mm-hmm. in general didn't have a good game against West Brom didn't necessarily have a good game against Zagreb in midweek didn't have a good game against Norwich but what can you do you don't have anybody that you can put on in his place so when your main striker isn't firing and you don't have another striker to put on then that i think has an impact on your your potential to get results from games maybe not you could have thrown on Danny Welbeck and Theo Walcott maybe they wouldn't have scored either but at least you have that the opportunity or the chance to try something different whereas when you just don't have those players then yeah but you look at the you look at the goals we conceded against West Brom and the goal we conceded against um against Norwich and they're more down to poor defending than lack of attacking but if you do let in poor goals and you don't have the firepower to try and get them back then yeah it's going to affect results
1: yeah that's fair mm. I'm, i mean the thing is you know you talk about injuries but when we when we lost at West Brom, um, that was our first choice back four on the pitch, you know, and, and yet they defended pretty poorly that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Gabriel, I thought, didn't do great on the goal yesterday. No, that was well, bad. That was bad yeah, defending. It was pretty poor. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, injuries obviously are a factor in, in the points we're dropping now. And it's frustrating because... This is, I mean, we talked about it on the on the podcast, I think, that this is a run of fixtures where really we could be building up a bit of a head of steam. Uh, the one blessing, I suppose, is that
0: no one else necessarily is. Mm. The only head we're building up is that of Rocky Dennis. Remember from that film, The Mask? I remember. Yeah. That's the kind of head we're building because it's been pretty fucking grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. and then you look at the next two games in the Premier League you go well it's Sunderland and Aston Villa and they're two teams that aren't really very good and then you kind of realize that well we just played West Brom and Norwich and you know with all due respect they're not very good either um, and we still haven't managed to get points so no I, I have a horrible feeling
1: you know the, the, I feel like these are the points at the end of the season when, you, when you're when you however many off the top you're like oh if we just got two more against Norwich you know these are the games where if you get away with a draw it's like well you know we're still within touching distance but actually they're all adding up and over over the last three games you know the Spurs game a point wasn't a bad result by any means but we have dropped what is it seven points out of mm. nine in the month of November yeah uh,
0: and that will catch up with you eventually yeah so um, right we might as well go through the injuries uh, Koscielny I don't quite know what happened. I was hoping he got a kick or he, he he banged his hip off somebody, but it didn't seem like that. They showed the replays and he sort of uh, came across to make a challenge and then pulled up very, very suddenly. I think that- it was a muscle thing. yeah. yeah. Sort of. I, actually,
1: I s- I'm pretty sure that I saw in midweek him briefly twinge the same muscle and have to stretch it off a bit. Uh, so I suspect that's something that maybe has been there for a little while mm. I mean that would certainly suggest the way, the way that it just went all of a sudden against Norwich would suggest that maybe there had been a bit of an underlying issue there but I mean I don't know I feel like with any muscular problem you're looking at at least a couple of weeks generally aren't you?
0: I guess, I guess.
1: I mean, we, we we don't know what we're talking about here, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, normally it is, but it depends obviously on the severity of it. I mean, you look at Podolsky, when he pulled a hamstring, I think it was in at the end of August um, a couple of seasons ago, and he didn't play again until December. So it really depends on the severity of the strain and, and, and how bad the muscle tear is. So we hope it's not anything too... Um, too serious. I mean, the thing about it is, is look, you know, um, the idea that players are one hundred percent fit and pain free is a ludicrous one. You can't play that much football and not be carrying little aches and strains and and what have you uh, throughout the season. You know, they manage them. I remember a couple of years ago when the club sent out an invite to various. Bloggers and stuff to to go and look at the, the the medical facilities. You know they were, I think they were aware that there was a perception that the things weren't things weren't great from the the medical department. Or people had this view of the medical department, so they invited loads of bloggers who went and all wrote pieces. I think I did my tour with um, with, with Gunnar Hollick. Right, uh, I think could have been yeah, I think it was with Hollick anyway. But I came over and we were in the doctor's room, uh, Doctor um, Gary O'Driscoll. And on the whiteboard is like a list of player names. So it was like uh, Arshavin, you know, sore belly, uh, you know, Andre Santos, calf, whoever, whoever, you know, and all of them have got various aches and strains which are being managed for them to play games week in, week out. And Mm. that's the reality of professional football at every club is you just don't have a clean bill of health ever uh but but from our point of view it's become it's become particularly chronic so um we know Casale had some problems before didn't he with his Achilles uh, and that caused him to miss a lot of games last season mm. so fingers crossed on that one Gabriel not great for the goal but would you have any real worries about Gabriel coming into the team and deputizing for a while
1: uh no i do think i do think Koscielny is a marginally better to Gabriel, than Gabriel. I think it's primarily just Premier League experience, you know. Mm. Um, so I feel more comfortable when he's got that understanding with Murtzaka. They seem to be very cohesive as a pair but as a rule certainly the next couple of games, you know, you talked about Sunderland and Villa. I think we should be able to get away with Gabriel
0: for now. Mm. Okay. The next one then was Santi Cazorla. Yes.
1: Uh, he- well,
0: yes, it was in terms of Chronology, I guess, wasn't it? Yes. You know, we, we like to do things right here. So uh, chronological is, is the best way to look at this. He picked up a knock early in the second half. Uh, Arsen Wenger said he played on one leg. He said he was a little bit worried because it got worse as the game went on. Mm. Mm.
1: Well, playing football with one leg, very difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very difficult indeed. It's difficult
0: enough for two.
1: It, for me, certainly.
0: Yeah. Not for Santi Cazorla. Well, no, he, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that would be that would be a worry as well. Um, that central midfield position is not one where we're particularly well-stocked.
1: Well, here's a thing. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I'm going to try and put a positive spin on this. This feels like when you tried to put a positive spin on Francis Coughlin's injury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work. But is there an argument that the injury to Kazola Basically, the, our, our midfield functioned on that pairing of Kazola and Cochland, and that worked really well. Yeah, But having lost Cochrane, maybe having Kazola in there with an inferior defence midfielder, like a Flamini, say, less secure. So is there an argument that actually the removal of Cazorla from the team will force Arsene Wenger to come up with a solution that may put us in better stead... For the length of Coquelin's absence,
0: so you're you're talking about Ramsey moving back into the centre, then alongside Flamini. Yes, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, certainly, that's a reasonable uh, way of dealing with with that situation. And yeah, you know, we talked about that Coquelin-Cazorla thing. Maybe they work better together than um, Cazorla and anybody else. I mm. think that's. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's certainly a solution. I think Ramsey would prefer to play uh, in the centre of midfield, as we know. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is coming back from injury as well, so it's possible that you could put Oxlade-Chamberlain on the right-hand side, Ramsey into the centre, uh, sit him a little bit deeper than he usually would, uh, alongside Flamini, and maybe that's that's a way of dealing with it. Obviously, not ideal because you want as many fit players as possible, but yeah, I mean that that seems to me the obvious solution if Cazorla is going to be out for any any period of time.
1: Yeah, we don't know yet, obviously. And, and funnily enough, Arsenevega spoke before the Norwich game about his intention to keep Aaron Ramsey on that right-hand side, how important he felt it was for the balance of the team.
0: But I guess he, he might be left with a little choice if, mm. if Cazorla is indeed out. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that, you know, the, the selection of Ramsey on the right is, is based on Cazorla in the middle because he, um, you know, he, he needs that, perhaps that, that balance there. But with, with Cazorla out, he has to change the dynamic of the midfield. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. that seems the solution, if Cazorla is going to be out for a bit. So
1: that's all the injuries, is it? That's, that's a, yeah,
0: Nothing else happened, Great. nothing else.
1: Well, good show. Yeah,
0: good talking Bye-bye. to you again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, come on. Let's, um, what, what's your thinking on it then? Um, in, in, in terms of the decision to select Alexis, let's start there. We can discuss the impact of the injury in a few moments. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, what's your thoughts on selecting Alexis for the game yesterday? Based on uh, everything that we know now. Well, yeah, based on everything that we know. I mean, there was a straight... So, so
1: Arsene seems to say that Alexis insisted he was fine. Yeah, right? Yeah. Now, the only thing that I find odd is that he says... There's a quote from Arsene after the game where he says... Um, I, wrote, I would rest him today, but before the game he declared he was perfectly all right. The players are there to play football and not to be rested when the press decides they need to be rested. But then he says, despite all our tests, he looked all right. Now, it's only the last sentence there that alarms me a little bit because that suggests that there were tests that showed problems and that ultimately they just went on look. They went on gut. They went on perception. Mm. Um and obviously, they knew about hamstring problem before, right? Arsene's on record as saying, well, he has a little bit of a... Yeah. A concern, a tightness, probably. Um, however, in spite of all that, he is our best player. And people often... Well, I mean, with Mesut Ozil, arguably. But people often talk about protecting your best players, but really isn't football about playing your best players. Sure. Uh, you can't constantly have the attitude of, well, what if, you know? Mm. Um in some ways, my biggest frustration is, is that Arson talked so openly before the game about Alexis' hamstring problems because he's really made a rod for his own back there. If he hadn't mentioned it and then Alexis pulls up with an injury, it's, I think it's sort of less of an issue and he probably comes less under fire. Right. Having said so openly, yeah, he's got a hamstring problem. He's just made loads of trouble for himself when it when that does eventually go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do wonder if there's a contextual issue there with, you know, uh, despite all our tests, he looked all right. I think maybe he might have been saying also that they did lots of tests, you know. Oh, I see. And he looked all right and, and in the And he looked tests. all right in the tests. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you have to, as a, as a manager and as a, the medical staff, the players' own input has to play a big part in whether or not you you make a decision on him, right? So if he says... That is true. If he tells you, I'm absolutely fine, I don't feel any problems, um, I think you have to take him at face value. And and is that not
1: the problem that Alexis, even by Arsene's own account, is not a particularly reliable witness on that front? Like, he's always going to say, it is his nature and his character...
0: Yeah, I'm fine. I yeah. Can play. Look, there are players like that and there's guys who are completely the other way. You know, I think of Daniel Sturridge at Liverpool. Um Well, yeah, very
1: interesting. Yeah. You
0: know, so look, I think my my feeling is that if we had somebody closer to the level of Alexis Sanchez than we did available for the Norwich game, I think he might well have rested him. If he'd had a Danny Welbeck, if we'd had Theo Walcott, if we'd had maybe a fully fit Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, you right. know, if he had those options available to him, then I think he would have been more inclined to, to err on the side of caution. As it was, it's a game away from home that we had to win. Um, and he had to make a choice between picking Joel Campbell or Alexis Sanchez. Now, I think Campbell's done pretty well. In recent weeks. And he's shown some good stuff. But there's no real comparison in terms of the quality or the impact. And when you look at the way that Arsenal played yesterday, it was one of those games that if Alexis had played the full 90, he he was the kind of player who could have got us something from nothing because he's a player who can do that. You well, know? And he, cre- he created the goal with a piece of yeah. brilliance. And and he can he can score a goal when we're not playing well. He's the kind of player who can drag you over the line a little bit. And without him, I think it's it's fairly obvious. I mean, the frustration that we have that he's injured is because he's clearly one of our best players, mm. right? But then how do, you, how do you find the balance between going into a game without one of your best players? I mean, if he hadn't picked him and we ended up not winning the game, there's, there's, a, there's criticism for that as well. Nobody would say, well, you know, at least he didn't play him for the full game and he didn't pick up a hamstring strain. Nobody would say that. The decision not to play him then would have been criticised. So it's a kind of, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I understand fully why he picked him. I, you know, I he took a risk, and I understand exactly why he made that decision. Okay, is here's, here's, a, here's a
1: question, a follow-up question to that. Do you understand why he played 90 minutes against Dynamo
0: Zagreb? No, week? no, and I don't understand why he played 90 minutes against Bayern Munich, you know? Uh. When we were already out the game. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then at the same time, I do wonder, like, what difference, if you're 3-0, what difference does 20 minutes make in the grand scheme of things? Does it make a huge difference? I mean, I would have certainly liked to see him come off against Zagreb. But then I also wonder, what difference does 20 minutes make? Does it make a huge difference to a player? You know, if they're <laughs> playing all the time, if they're training all the time. They're running around and training. They're they're doing sprints and they're doing this, that, and the other. Does twenty minutes of a game in which we pretty much strolled around in the last uh, stages of that game, anyway, does that make a big, big difference uh, to to whether or not a guy gets a hamstring strain?
1: I don't know. Is the honest answer. I, I can only assume that it must because managers do do it. You know, they do bring a player off for twenty minutes rest. I mean, maybe that's just to protect them from physical challenges. You know, maybe that's to protect them protect them from impact injuries. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I mean you'd think if you're seventy minutes warm into a game, mm. you know, a lot of the time these muscular problems occur earlier early on because players aren't properly warm. You know, we've seen that yeah. ourselves at Sheffield Wednesday. So. Yeah, we're
0: we're not we're not talking about cramp here because you've you've played a bit too long, you know? Yeah. Is but maybe Alexis is sort of unique in the sense that the workload he's had um, we we don't have too many other players who've, who've gone through that who didn't do like a World Cup and then uh, come to uh, come to Arsenal play a brilliant first season play most of the season go play Copa America didn't get really the kind of rest that he should have got in the summer I mean he came back and he played in our first game of the season when realistically he shouldn't have been in the team till perhaps the end of August so yeah. the Again, there's the issue of, well, he's so good, you can't help but pick him. But if you want him to be good over the course of a season, you're going to have to manage him, you know, in a better way. Well, because he's not a guy who can pace himself, I don't
1: think. I don't think he's got that in his makeup. Mm. Um, you know, I remember when the Invincibles, when they used to sort of batter teams in the first 20 minutes and go 3-0 up, Thierry Henry would often spend the second half just in a stroll. You know, he'd regularly play 90 minutes, but... Mm you know there was a sense that he had gears you know he could he could go up or down a gear according to the situation whereas alexis i feel like he's at full throttle all the time yeah uh, and you wouldn't want to take that out of his game but it maybe means that you have to work a bit harder to protect him because he doesn't really protect himself
0: yeah yeah i mean I, again i'll come back to the point that we just have too many players who are injury prone and who consistently regularly every single season miss too many games you know, uh, and yeah. that then puts a puts a real strain on the squad. And I think until that issue is addressed, as popular as Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is, as popular as Theo Walcott is, as popular as Aaron Ramsey is, as popular as Jack Wilshire is, and as good as they are, and I like all of those players um, to to varying degrees. If they're going to have these problems every single season, then the, the 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 consequences of that are becoming more and more damaging, and that's where we've got to try and. I don't know what we we do. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Do you call time on a couple of those players and bring in others? How do you cope with that? Or do you just kind of hope that, okay, well, maybe this is the season that they can stay fit, which seems to be the outlook so far, and that doesn't appear to be working.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other argument in this is, because it's interesting, this, this is Alexa's first injury this season, I believe, right? Yeah, as far as I can remember, I think it's his first injury since February. So, at some point, it's, it's it's highly unlikely that any player at any club will go through an entire season without picking up some sort of injury. Mm. And if this is Alexis's one for the season, you know, as it as it may prove to be, fingers crossed, Touchwood, then that's not actually a disaster. What makes it so problematic is the absence of those other players who could then step in. It's that we have. We have no alternative, and obviously none of those players are at quite at his level. Mm. But their absence is 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 it's sort of a twofold problem, isn't it? Because not only does it mean he has to play so much that he then gets injured, but it means that when he does, there's nobody really to step in of the
0: requisite quality. Mm. So, what do you do now for for the left hand side? Um... <laughs> Given Don't that know. that he given that he's going to be out, how do we replace him in the short term? Theo Walcott might be back for Olympiakos. I mean, is it a case that Joel Campbell is going to get another go on the left hand side? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain I mean, how do we how do we deal with it?
1: I think a lot of it depends on Santi Cazorla, because I think if Cazorla's fit, he probably stays central alongside Flamini. Then you've got Ramsey on the right and probably oxlade Chamberlain on the on the left hand side. Mm. Um, if Cazorla's out. Then it's a bit more difficult to see because you're probably putting Ramsey back in field, Oxley Chamberlain on one of those flanks, and then I guess yeah, you might be looking at Joel Campbell until until Theo Walcott's back. I think Walcott is the one player really with the attributes to offer that penetration that Alexis gives us, and we might actually, if Alexis is out for any length of time, I think we might see Walcott on the on the left hand side a little bit, but. Um, until then, I guess it will be Oxlade,
0: Oxlade- Chamberlain. Mm. Yeah. I can't see him play Walcott anywhere but up front. Do you think? Still? Yeah, still. Unless he's unless there's literally no choice and we're absolutely desperate and we don't have anybody else, I think he'll he'll play uh he'll play Walcott up front.
1: But I think he'll I think he'll look to get Walcott back up front quite soon, actually. I think, as you say, Jarid's form has been very good and his goals per game record is excellent, but I wouldn't say that we've looked as cohesive or convincing as an attacking unit as we did when we had Theo through the middle.
0: Sure, sure. So look, two points dropped again away from home. Um, on the plus side, despite the fact that most of our players are in the infirmary, um, <laughs> we're still only two points off the top of the table. The, the, the question yeah. now is, can we cope with the injuries in order to stay, to stay with the pace?
1: That's it, that's it. I think it's kind of, you know, if, you, if you're glass half full or only two points off the top, mine feels a, a slightly less full than that. And I, I can't help but look at the table and think we had a real chance here to stake a claim, you know, mm. to, to take a lead and be the front runners. Whereas actually what's happened is that the table's really compressed and we now find ourselves, you know, there's four points separating Tottenham in fifth and, and Manchester City. So it... it could quickly become a bit of a dogfight. Now that may suit us because everyone will drop points. But I think our fixture list is going to get tougher. We've got that city game coming up in a couple of weeks, and that that could be massive. I think not even so much in terms of points tallies, but just for momentum yeah. and for belief. Um, what was I? To, what did you ask me? I'm just absolutely rambling now. I'm just panicking.
0: Uh, it was just about how how whether or not we could cope with the uh, with the injuries. the injuries. Yeah,
1: I mean, who's coming back soon? We don't know really. There's no one else. I mean, Theo Walcott's the next back. Is he off the, the line?
0: Mm. I guess. That could be
1: a week or so.
0: He said maybe for Olympiacos.
1: I mean, I worry about Olympiacos now, definitely. Mm. I felt quite positive about that game. I felt like we had a very good chance of going in there doing it. But having lost these players, if we lose all those three that we lost yesterday for that match, I think it's a big, big ask. Yeah,
0: right? surely is. Surely is. Okay, well, look. I think we should take a break, uh, see if we can find any questions that aren't necessarily about injuries. Uh, uh, okay. we'll, <laughs> good luck with that, by the way. And we'll <laughs> we'll do part two right after this. Welcome back to the Arse Cast Extra. This is part two, where we answer the questions you send to us on Twitter at Gunnar at Ars Blog. Thank you all uh, for sending them in. We can't get around to all of them, of course, but we do appreciate uh, all the interaction. Lots of questions about injuries, James. Lots. Lots. Lots
1: and lots. Mm. Um, I'm going to try and lift my mood in the second half of the podcast because it's actually um, thanks to At Albino on Twitter for pointing out that it is the 7,000th day of Arsene Wenger's reign today. Right. So there we go. There Congratulations you are. to him. 7,000 days in charge. About as many injuries as well, it feels like, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) In the last week. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Shall we kick off?
0: Yeah. Do do you want me to go first or will I? You go go first. Yeah, go on. uh, This one comes from East Lower. Um, and we can get around to this. He says, "Please design a new fourth kit that reflects our November form uh, and put it on the podcast." So we have to come up with a with a new kit. Interestingly, this morning, mm. I got an email from a national newspaper, UK national newspaper, who asked me if I would be interested in writing an article um, about the fact that uh, the uh, this kit that we wore at Norwich is cursed both in terms of results and injuries. And he asked me what my thoughts would be. And I said, look, you know, the kit's not cursed. And it's really not something I'd be interested in in writing about. And then he said, that's what Arsenal fans are saying via social media. As if that makes it possible that a kit could be cursed. How do you know it's not cursed, though? Because that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's disgusting. It's a horrible kit, but it's not cursed. I don't believe in that. Do you believe that it's making players get injured? No. I suspect the underlying cause for injury is uh, something much more complicated than a piece of cloth that the players wear. Do you think that maybe
1: (laughs) the kit is so ugly that players are deliberately injuring themselves because they don't want to play in it.
0: Yeah, they want to get out of that disgusting monstrosity as, as soon as possible.
1: Or do you think for example that it's so hideous that opposition players are incensed by it and thus go in that <laughs> bit harder in challenge. So Ryan Bennett when he was, you know, chasing Alexis Sanchez off the field, what actually happened there was suddenly he just caught sight of that kit and he, he could do nothing but lash out and push it away from it.
0: That was a really, uh, that was a really disgraceful uh, push. I thought um, one that should be punished retroactively, retrospectively, whatever after the fact. That guy should, it should have be been punished.
1: punished in a retro fashion.
0: Yeah, it was uh, what like a uh, like hanging, a, <laughs> like an Iron Maiden um, or scaphism. Yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in some ways, Arson must have wished Alexis got hurt doing that, and then he would have probably escaped some of the criticism for it. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, he really could have been. It was quite fortunate. Macha Debussy, of course, suffered in a very similar way from uh, on outreach, didn't he? Not too He long did, ago.
0: yeah. And, you know, he put up a tweet last night saying, oh, I was only trying to stop, but I, I've put up a clip this morning. If you want to see it, it's on my Twitter. Uh, and I think it's on the Facebook page as well, where you can clearly see Alexis is in the air and he, he pushes him quite clearly in the back into that cameraman's pit. And I think that was uh, uh, pretty disgraceful. And I think... The fact that there there don't appear to be any procedures in the game uh, to to deal with that, I think it's one of the most dangerous things that uh, a player can do to another player, apart from sort of go in, you know, studs up over the ball and straight into the shin. It really because you just have no idea what the consequences of that kind of push are going to be.
1: It's maddening, isn't it, that when they devise the rules for football, they they included nothing about pushing your opponent down a hole. Yeah. It's- I mean, come on, guys! So a huge oversight, but I completely agree. Wow. It was actually really,
0: yeah. I mean, it could be into a hole. It could be over the over the hoardings. I mean, that's what that's what did for Debushi. He whacked into the hoardings and dislocated his shoulder. You know, if if Alexis had gone face first into that um, concrete or, or knee first or in his back, you know, you're talking broken ribs, whatever it might be. Oh, he really, could get really, really, really dangerous. Hurt. Yeah, yeah, you know.
1: really. Hurt. It's, it's more dangerous than a lot of. You know, these sort of studs up challenge a lot mm. of the time, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there is some action. But given that the referee saw it and will have included it in his match report mm. and all those kinds of red tapey things, I suspect I suspect we won't see
0: anything like I it. suspect we won't see anything about it either. I would like to know, actually, as well, uh, just before we get on to designing this terrible kit that we're going to make, why that kit was chosen to, uh, to be worn at Norwich. Like, who made that decision? Who makes the decision about what we're going to wear?
1: It must be the commercial department I think. Surely, but surely there's no yeah, other logical no, but, explanation. But well,
0: why would they have an uh, you know why would they be able to choose what what shirts we wear?
1: Well, I'm not saying they should, but I just can't see another reason that we would wear it. I well, mean well, red would have been fine, right? Red
0: and has been fine at Norwich down the years. But here's the um here's the 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 spiel on the Arsenal website uh, from August mm. of this year and it says um Arsenal and official kit partner Puma have today launched the new cup kit for the 2015 season, which will be worn by the club's first team away from home in cup competitions, not in the Premier League, not in the Premier League. This was not a cup game. We could have worn our home kit, the more traditional kit. Um whether or not that would have affected our performance in any way, you know, I, you know that's completely debatable. But it's just a, a horrible, horrible kit, and there's no good reason for us to wear it uh, away from home in the Premier League. So who makes that decision? If it's, if it's the commercial department or if it's somebody like Puma and it's part of the deal, then to give, that much, um, to give them that sort of power, I think, is ludicrous.
1: It is, but by the same token, I mean, you're a man of logic – should it matter like as in it matters to us as fans but it doesn't influence at all the outcome of the game right
0: no probably not but i want to get outraged about something sure (laughs) sure sure sure. (laughs) no i I understand how you feel Uh, you know Um, so i want to i want to like uh, lash out blindly at a faceless uh, corporation or department screw you the man yeah whoever you are whoever made that decision um you're, you're you're a bad person. Bad person. Good.
1: I agree. I hope they feel suitably guilty this mm. morning. I hope their um, face goes like Rocky Dennis. I mean, maybe they were just trying to break the curse, you know. Maybe mm. they're like, Norwich way, that'll be a, a winnable fixture. Let's just, let's give the kit a run out. Just dust bare, it off.
0: bear with me one second. I got a phone call here. I'm back. Sorry. That was, uh, uh you
1: said yeah. out of breath.
0: I am had to run and do things. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't I'll an emergency careful. per se, but those hamstrings, <laughs> mate. Uh, they're both gone. Actually. <laughs> my, uh, I also, uh, fractured my trunk. Uh, sure. Sure. It was that sort of encounter.
1: Yeah. Um, what are we doing? We're designing a kit, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we're designing a kit. That's that a fourth
1: kit on, on November form. Mm. I mean I mean, the third kit almost reflects it, doesn't it, in its in its hideous nature yeah um it's hard to look past black. I mean, it's tempting just to put everyone in sort of medical gowns, isn't it? <laughs> like they're all about to go under the knife,
0: yeah, but of course they they wouldn't be wearing that because they're the they're the injured ones we'll be course, wearing that, yeah. so we've got to we've got to try and design it for the people that are there. What about at shirt? With the face of Igor Stepanov's on it,
1: right? Just for the sort of symbolic, 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 symbolic. value, yeah, of what he represents,
0: yeah. How about yeah. that? And
1: they that would be good, I think. Just a T-shirt with the face of Igor. I, I mean, does I, it does it have to be a T-shirt and shorts? There are there rules about this, or like?
0: Well, I was going to say clown pants would be good. Yeah, <laughs> I think they would—they would be suitable. Red, uh, red and white, of course. You know, let's be traditional here. None of this. Thank God. Blue and turquoise and gold bullshit. Yeah, no, you, sick of it. Absolutely sick of the okay. sight of it. Bad man.
1: Clown pants and a Stepanov shirt. I think we should wheel that out every November, really.
0: What about socks? I think they should be plus fours. Right, something like that.
1: Yeah, something like that. Something, yeah. something with a bit of bit of girth on the sock.
0: Okay, and uh, you know, do we allow them to wear football boots, or do they have to wear? wellies or they have to oh, wear
1: flippers flippers <laughs> yeah
0: alright so we've got shirt, a t-shirt with Igor Stepanov's on it clown pants tucked into plus fours wearing flippers come on Photoshop people make that happen Let's I'm see telling you this now kit... Puma
1: if you release that I bet it sells more than that bullshit third kit
0: yeah and it's probably more effective
1: probably well it's not cursed for one of course of course <laughs> Um shall we have a question yeah another one Okay, well, on the same issue, really, this is from Tim Hardwick at Barcelona, and he he says, just referencing that Alexis incident, does it say a lot that our best player gets shoved into a camera pit and not one of our players were in the opposition's face?
0: maybe, yeah, I mean, I do wonder because it was um he was really close to him when he pushed him. I do wonder if if they saw that but- yeah,
1: I don't think the referee would have seen it for one
0: mm, well he, yeah, he certainly didn't deal with it in any in any significant way, whether he saw it or not. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have liked somebody to, to stick up for him when it became obvious that Alexis made it clear that he was pushed. Mm. I think there was no question that that's what he was suggesting from the sideline. Um, Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe a bit more bite. A bit. Where was Flamini? I mean, if that had been yeah. Ozil, Flamini would have been over there. He would have been like, "You fucking cunt!" And then somebody would have had to go, "Stop, stop! He's already dead." You know. Yeah.
1: So, think of your business, Flamini. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think I would have expected, in a way, Flamini to be involved, or Per Mertesacker as captain on the day. You know. Could have maybe come over. I mean, you're not asking. You don't want someone to necessarily come over and chin him, you know. But at least remonstrate a bit with the referee and make the point, uh, because those things can have a cumulative effect in games. You know, if 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 Bennett got away with that, who knows what else he might have tried?
0: Yeah, who knows what else he did that went unescaped or
1: unnoticed? Yeah, sort of wily coyote style schemes to keep (laughs) Alexis at bay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah I, I think I think Tim makes a fair point. I kind of do you think if Koklaw had been on the pitch he might have uh had a word or two with Bennett maybe about that?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Again, you know, you're you're, you're you'd like to hope so, but it, it really depends on whether people saw it and you know, I don't know if like you know, this was on the halfway line, so I don't know if Murtisacker can come over from from that far away certainly he wouldn't have been able to see it. No. Um it would take him some time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think I think we have to give the players the benefit of the doubt. Maybe assume they didn't quite see what I mean. It was it happened at real speed as well. You know, Alexis was travelling at a pace mm. when he got the shove. So um, I'm sure had they, I'd like to think there would have been some uh, yeah. some rallying behind him.
0: Yeah, uh, here's one from uh, Darren Michael. I don't know if you can answer this, but I just thought it was really funny. He said, "How come that nurse recovered from Ebola twice in the time that Wilshire and Welbeck have been out?" <laughs> this is a, what, the lady point. in the lady in scotland i think
1: yeah 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 it's recovered from it twice bloody hell yeah and we're still waiting danny Welbeck's knees to be sewn back on or whatever it is <laughs> uh yeah i i don't know i can't explain that i mean
0: well it's probably uh, because one has an incubation period and and uh the effects don't last as long as you know whatever the hell but, cartilage damage yeah
1: yeah you know Thank God there hasn't been an outbreak of any kind of virus at London Colney, though, can you imagine? I mean the place would just be cordoned off and that would be it. That'd be the end of Arsenal.
0: Well, you know, that that would probably be preferable to the injuries that we do get. At so, least we know they'd
1: be back. Count your blessings. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting. Mm. Um let's have this is a weird one. I don't know anything about this story, really, I'll be okay. honest with you. But Stephen Dowling at Stephen Dowling ninety five asks uh, Spanish paper AS suggests Arsenal could face a transfer ban like Barca
0: for under-18s transfers. Any concerns? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I saw this story uh, at the weekend, mm-hmm. and it seems a bit. It seems a bit um, hyped up. I mean, I think what they're saying is that Arsenal and Chelsea could face action over some transfers, and I don't, I don't really know what those transfers are or what they might be or what the transgression might be, but it doesn't say that we're going to face a ban like, uh, like Barcelona. But, uh, you nice. know, there, there's the old question, you know, what, what difference would it make? Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> or or <laughs> if, if it was something that was uh, potentially an issue, would that then force the club into doing things more speedily? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Would it expedite certain deals? Um, I don't know. Sort of get all the business out of the way before the ban comes in. But, we I mean, it's difficult to talk about it, isn't it? Because, I mean, I know i picked the question, so what am I doing? But mm. um, we don't really know. You should
0: have done your research. Why, where's your research on this, James? Well, we signed
1: a lot of under-18 players, and I don't know which ones were allowed and which ones weren't. Right. If I'm honest with you, right? I don't know. I was busy. I've bought Star Wars Battlefront on my PS4, oh. trying to take down the, you know, the forces of evil in space. Is it good? I mean, it's like being in Star Wars. So yeah, it's a laugh.
0: Oh fuck! Get, I get into that.
1: You get to be a stormtrooper, you know, run around, shoot mm. good guys. You can fly an X-wing. You can be Darth Vader and
0: Luke Skywalker. Mm. I, I prefer it's a Fred laugh, yeah. Vader. He was my favourite. Yeah. Darth's, of all the Vader family. Yeah, Darth's uh, brother. They used to keep him in the attic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like... <gasps> that was his thing. Terrible. Terrible
1: respiratory problems.
0: <laughs> he really did. Oh, we never did that thing. Did we not speak... I don't, did we speak about it on the podcast? No, I don't think we did speak about it on the this podcast. Was a, this was an idea. Myself and James were, were mooting. We were discussing that, um, that that whole thing where you can... Is it called Twitch? Where yeah. where you can play a game online, people can watch that's you what play a game. Oh on- <laughs> no, something
1: else. Sorry,
0: <laughs> that's Harry Redknapp's company. He's an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. It's Twitch run by his dog. But anyway, um, we thought we thought it might be interesting if if James and I played um, you know a couple of games of FIFA 16 uh, online. Would there be any interest in in people watching? Because we could. Um, do you know what I discovered this weekend? What? Is that you know? If you've got like a little pair of headphones, like your in-ear headphones that you might use, and you can also have a little microphone on them, you yeah, can yeah, yeah. you can plug the headphones into the PS4 controller. Yes, Andrew, I didn't know that. i never you know I never looked at and the. And you can plug the them
1: into your phone and your computer. Yes, but you what don't I'm... just have to walk around with them. They're not just for keeping sounds out. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now.
0: It's amazing. I the just m- I just meant that yes. you know we we could probably use them then to to you know to talk about the games while we're playing that would be that yep. would make it fun so would be, be it, very yeah.
1: fun for everyone i mean also what i must flag i don't yet have fifa 16 so oh. Right. If anyone from EA is listening, <laughs> you know, it's we're basically advertising your game. Give it to me. Yeah, go but on. I'll, I'll get it. If if people want to see this, I'll get it. It's, you know, tax deductible probably.
0: Yeah, do, le- do let us know if you'd like to, to watch that. And also, uh, if anybody out there knows how the fuck we do it uh, in a very simple way, that would be great too. You know, yeah, I, I don't good, I don't actually. quite understand how it works. But hey, no. somebody out there will.
1: Would, what would we do? Would it be Arsenal versus Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah. Would one of us have to play with the worst possible Arsenal eleven that we devised a few weeks ago?
0: Oh, yeah, that would be quite good, wouldn't it? We should both play. We should play two games, right? One where we pick our best team or what we consider our best FIFA team. And sure. then the other one, we should, we should both have to play with the, the Cazorla in goal and Mertesacker on the right wing thing. I think that would that, be awesome. That would be very cool. Yeah. All right, we'll, All right. We'll have to figure that out and make that happen over the next uh, week or two. It will Let's see happen. how it does it. So, um, what were we talking about before all that? Transfer bans, I think.
1: Right. I think we dealt with that. I think we said basically we don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> as
0: comprehensively ever, as ever, the fonts of knowledge, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. expertise. Um, yeah, yeah. Have you got a question? Yeah. Well okay, um this one comes from Abdul, who's at Abdul underscore A Z and he w- he wants to know, did we finally learn? Fi- finally seems a bit hard, but he said, did we finally learn that Bellerin is still too young and raw to start every game? Finally, we finally, finally we've it. discovered
1: that he's too young. Maybe Abdul's been saying Bellerin is too young for a long time and everyone's been going, Oh no, he's fine. And now Abdul's like, Finally. Um mm. I don't think he is too young to start every game. I think starting all these games is partly what gets him over that rawness, right? I mean, yeah. he's not going to become a, a grizzled defender without gaining experience. And I think sometimes, sometimes he will make mistakes, as any young defender does. But I do think his the upside outweighs those occasional moments of uncertainty. So, no, I, I don't think we've finally learnt that. Right. Bang, stab, take that. Abdul, yeah, put that in your pipe and finally smoke it. Finally, um, what do you think?
0: I don't think finally, but I think you're right in the sense that young players, the the, the the difficulty is to maintain consistency, and I think up to now he's been remarkably consistent since he got into the team. Um, I'm not sure that it's really helped him a great deal over the last couple of months that he's had a succession of of people playing ahead of him on the right-hand side. You know, we talk a lot about partnerships and about relationships on the pitch. And, and uh, you know, he's had, he had his best run of form this season when Ramsey was out there week in, week out. Um, since that's changed, he's struggled a little bit. He's had an injury. Of course, he's come back from the injury. Um, so... Yeah, I think it, I think it's just inevitable that there is going to be a slight slump in form. But I also wonder if, from time to time, um, you, the the threat of Debussy might be more apparent from the manager, you know? Mm. Uh, I, I, it's hard to look beyond Bellerin as the, the right back for the future for years and years to come at Arsenal. But, you know, it, it may not do him any harm to sit out a game here and there. But, Maybe you not. Know,
1: Although, let's not forget quite how bad Debushi has been this season when, when called
0: upon. Have we finally discovered how bad Debushi has been this season? Finally, I finally. think we finally
1: have. Um, mm. I mean, Bellerin didn't have a good game, did he? I mean, there were a couple of chances at that far post, which really. I mean, we could well have lost at Norwich.
0: Yeah, we? yeah, yeah, we could have. We could have, we could have West Brommed that game completely. What a save by Pediccet, by the way. That was fucking brilliant. The more yeah. I see that save, the more impressive it is because it just sort of whacks off Gabriel and his reaction was just, it was just unbelievable. That is a fantastic save. Uh, as good a save as he's made uh, since he's been at the club, I think.
1: Yeah, incredible save, amazing mm. reactions and a really strong hand. Yeah. Um, okay, this is my last question. Right, okay. So just warning everyone, okay. you know, don't don't get too upset. Um. It is back on the injury subject, but I think it's an interesting point. And it comes from Loris0.1. Uh, and his Twitter handle is human underscore zero underscore one. He's some sort of prototype
0: man. Some kind of robot, uh, synthetic humanoid type yes. creature, an android. Exactly. We better that. do a good job here because he could track us down and kill us. And he asks,
1: could Arsene Wenger's recent comments on doping be related to our injury woes?
0: In, in what
1: way? Well, I think what he's saying is, is the reason that Arsene has decided to sort of go public talking about doping and performance enhancement, is there a correlation between that and how many injuries we're suffering? Is he implying that the reason club, other clubs don't necessarily suffer in the same way is because of some of these underhand policies?
0: I don't think that's why he's been talking about it, but I don't think you have to... Scratch too far under the surface to, to be suspicious that certain clubs don't have a, a huge amount of injury problems, um, or that players who seem to be ready for a, a prolonged absence come back very quickly. You know, so
1: yeah, are we really bad at getting injuries, or are we just really bad at doping?
0: Well, we, yeah, we're we're clearly not doping well enough at all. I mean, th- there was a um. A thing at the weekend, Carvajal uh, became the 16th Real Madrid player to succumb to a muscular injury this season. Right. So the issues aren't necessarily unique. You know, you have to wonder how, how much of it is down to the modern game. But have, have you, you seen, seen their the third game? kit? Yeah, their third kit is is absolutely sensational. It's, right. it's a, a luminous pink tuxedo. Oh, okay, so it can't be that. No, yeah. it's brilliant.
1: So carry on. Sorry, you were being serious and I was ruining it.
0: Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know whether it's to do with the, the pace of the game, with the demands that are on the players. Um, you know, I, don't, I really don't think there's any correlation between our lack of doping and the players that we have injured. I think they're two separate things. You could probably improve our injury situation if we were more inclined to, to bend the rules, obviously. you know. Right. Spin the blood. Spin the blood. I mean, is that is that illegal or is it just on the bounds of what's good or not good or uh, acceptable or not acceptable? Yeah. You know, um, and then you have to ask, well, look, if, if it's a thing that works, should we not look at it? But then is there or are there potential uh, downsides for players? Are there, you know, possible side effects or or things that might affect them later in their careers? You know, uh, it wasn't uncommon. I mean, people talk about how players back in the day, they were so tough and, you know, you had a 15-man squad uh, to, to, to get you through a whole season. But these guys were being injected with all kinds of stuff you know, cortisone in the knees, and then you've got guys who are basically crippled by the time they've, they've finished playing football. So obviously medical science has uh, advanced a great deal since those days. The answer, in short, is I don't have a fucking clue when it comes to, to injuries and, you know. But I don't think that the doping thing is Wenger saying we have injuries because other teams are doping. I think he just wants to make the, uh, make the issue public
1: yeah fair enough I just it's interesting, isn't it because there's different different ways of uh different kinds of doping, I suppose mm. There's the kind that sort of might enable you to uh, perform better in the course of 90 minutes, but I, I feel like the one that football is maybe more susceptible to is is the sort of thing that enables you to avoid injury and, mm. and you know maintain stamina over the course of a season rather than actually within a single game
0: yeah yeah, the Tour de France is not a sprint it's a, it's a marathon. Well, indeed. Sort that's of just the Premier League season. Mm. I've got one um, final one from uh, from Graham J Hawk. Oh, that's our second week in a row. Is this is this an infiltration by Hawks? I think so. There's something shit. going on here. The birds are after us. The flappy bastards. Anyway, I you know we've been talking about them. Uh, he wants to know um, what army would you choose: an army of blind bears or an army of kangaroos with no arms?
1: Okay. First question, mm-hmm. what, what am I trying to do with this army? Take on ISIS? What's going on?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Whatever you like with an army, you can do whatever you want. I mean, have a war. Oh, he says, actually, there's a first part of the, um, there's a first part of the, the question which I missed. He said, if you were going to take over the world and your right. options uh, for military forces were limited to two of, the, uh, of these options, so you've got your army of blind bears or an army of kangaroos with no arms. Can kangaroos kick? Yeah, I think they can. Yeah, they're vicious, vicious kickers.
1: Yeah, they can. Yeah, okay, that's fine. So, I think the kangaroo's not having any arms isn't going to be a massive hurdle, right? Blind bears, how am I controlling them? I mean, how how can they discern who's friend and who's foe?
0: Well, you see, they're blind, so their their other senses, their other senses will be heightened, and you see, bears will be able to smell other bears, right? They'd be able to smell their own kind. There's a, there's a blind bear. There's a blind bear. Oh, that smells like a kangaroo with no arms. I'm going to kill that.
1: But can they smell me? Hang on. Yes. Wait, we need to sort something out. What? Are you saying these two armies are at war and I have to control one of them? Or are you saying ah, yes. I can choose between one of these two armies to then take over the world that we currently live in?
0: Well, then, no. I think we, we have to choose one of those armies to take over the world we live in.
1: Fine um i 'm still going kangaroos. I just think blind bears would be chaos honestly I just and can they smell me? Do they know that i 'm on their side? I feel like i 'd end up being eaten in that The kangaroos all right they haven 't got arms they 're probably not going to be flying planes and stuff they
0: would't be able they wouldn 't they 've got little fucking Terrible arms anyway, don't they? Sort of T-Rex kind of arms kangaroos. They wouldn't be picking up, you know, automatic weapons with them anyway. That's
1: a great comparison. Take the arms of a T-Rex and it's still fucking scary, right? Mm. The same is true of a kangaroo. I've often said that they're the dinosaurs of the modern age. (laughs) When in Jurassic Park they say that dinosaurs turn into birds, I cry bullshit. It's kangaroos, mate. Yeah. You want to watch out. Imagine a version of Jurassic Park, which is just that it's a kangaroo zoo and they all break out. And it's like they're like the raptors, clever girl. They sort of creep up on you and then bang, bang they're there. All right, so you're going kangaroos. Big time, what about you?
0: Bears. Bears. Definitely bears. I'll see you on the battlefield, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I think the blind bears, just the random nature of their their mayhem, they're much more powerful than, than kangaroos as well because, I, you know, I'd have grizzly bears. I'm not talking about koalas sure, or, sure, sure. or teddy bears. No. No, we're talking Fair grizzly enough. bears. And I think you would be able to train them. You'd be able to get the bear leader and say, look, this is my scent you would be able to make them grow accustomed to your scent, or anything that didn't have your scent was just, you know, open target for the, for the blind bears who would probably, you know, develop some kind of uh, sonar, some other way of seeing if they were blind, you know?
1: Life finds a way. Mm. Well, let battle commence. May the best man
0: win. All right. Well, uh, either that or we'll play FIFA 16 online and let well, people that, that watch. That seems
1: probably a more practical way to decide this. Yeah? Yes. Yes.
0: All right. Well, uh, that's that. We'll be back with another Arsecast Extra next Monday. There'll be an Arsecast on Friday as we look ahead to, oh, Sam Allardyce. Woo!
1: I'm sure none of our players would get injured by a team managed by him.
0: Mm. There was a close-up of him the other day during I was watching, I could have been match of the day or, yeah, I think it was Match of the Day or something, I don't know, but they were, they just had a close-up of him and he was just sitting there and they kept the camera on him for ages and he was just chewing gum. It was just like... Nyang, nyang, nyang. It was disgusting. Why are they showing that on time? I don't know, but I mean, it wasn't like for two seconds, it was for like fucking half a minute. That's a really repellent sight.
1: Maybe it was sort of disgustingly hypnotic, though, you know?
0: No, no. It was like third kit disgusting. Oh,
1: wow. Doesn't get much worse than that. Doesn't.
0: All right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you for listening. As always, we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Bye-bye.